you know, it's, it's, yeah. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizard of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Damo back on the show, and we are talking again about winning Wizards basketball. The Wizards are seven and three. All vibes are good. Last night we had a pretty convincing win over the Milwaukee Bucks, even though the Bucks wanted to keep or the Wizards wanted to keep it close a little bit late in the game, but we were able to overcome a couple turnovers from Bradley Beal and and win that game overall this past week. The Wizards lost to the Raptors, but then we came back and had a dominating win against the Grizzlies in which we shut down John Morant and then uh, we come back and, and beat the defending champs. So Overall, a pretty good week of basketball. You know, you'd like that Toronto game back, but Fred Van Vliet was just nuts that game. And you're going to have games like that. But let's just rewind it real quick and go back to the beginning of last week and talk about the Toronto game. What did you see from the Wizards in that Raptors game? Yeah, so the Raptors game, they tried to guard – they tried to guard Fred Van Vliet like he couldn't shoot, and it didn't make sense. I know Wes – I know that probably – I know for sure that wasn't Wes's game plan. So I don't know if maybe it just wasn't – the players weren't executing or the message was kind of getting lost. But, yeah, they were playing drop, and, you know, they were just letting Fred Van Vliet just take pull-up middies. And I'm like, he can shoot. So – and then once he got into rhythm at that point, you know – then he started making garbage stuff like fadeaways and floaters. And at that point, you know, basketball is a rhythm game. Once you get in the rhythm, it's hard to turn that faucet off, man. So they made some adjustments, but by then it was too late. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's why they lost the game. You can't have Fred Van V going off for 30 um, and then didn't really giving you 10 points. You know, Bill kind of plans – a little inefficient. I mean, he was decent, but he was still kind of inefficient. Yeah, you can't you can't have that. And then you had OG going off. You had uh, uh, who else was it that that played a good floor game? I can't I can't remember now. Um, for the for the Raptors, uh, was it Gary Trent that had a decent line? I, I think I don't know. It just goes yeah, to show that they really don't have a lot of pieces right now, especially with Siakam out. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Scotty didn't even play either. Yeah, Scotty didn't even play, yeah. But, um, yeah, you can't have, you know, Fred Van V giving you 35. I mean, that's just not <laughs> – you're not going to win like that. So um, they they fixed it in the next couple games and, and guarded guys accordingly. So, um, but, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. And shout out to the Raptors who are playing above 500 ball. And I know a lot of people probably had them uh, pinned in as one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference this year. But they're they're playing some solid ball, again, without a true number one option on their roster. And they've been without Scotty Barnes for some games now. Um, and that opening night, I think, kind of was like, oh, wow, the Raptors are going to be really bad this year. But I, I was like, no, nah, just a bad night. The, the, the Raptors night just happened to be that night. And uh, I'm sure they'll bounce back and still be a pretty competitive team. And here they are, one game above 500. They were 6-3 and three at one point, but um, they just lost two in a row. So they're sitting at 6-5 and five now. But it's still, when you consider what they have on their roster I, with the Raptors, I, th- I think you'll take um, over 500 basketball. Don't you agree? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, they're they're well coached, and they got a bunch of long athletes that guard their ass off. So, yeah, they're going to play competitive basketball. They're not just going to be a team you can just route. Um, but I, I still think they're a playing team um, at best. So. Yeah, for sure. We'll for see. sure. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I think that as a Raptors fan, I, I think that you would be okay with that. And you have to accept that again when you consider the roster makeup. And you may be able to make up for some deficiencies by playing really hard and having a good coach and things of that nature. But um, anyway, moving on to the Grizzlies game. Now, this was probably, depending on, well, yeah, no, it, it was the most impressive win of the week. Um, Going in and just completely shutting down John Moran. Uh, Jaron Jackson did some things. Um, did anyone like have a objectively good game against us that game? Because Desmond Bain wasn't hitting. Uh, well, he was, but it wasn't like 
bad. Uh, yeah, not at volume. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anybody. That I don't shoot. Did anybody even score twenty? I'm gonna go back no. and look here. I don't think so. Don't if think it was, if someone did, it was Jared, but I don't think he did because he was kind of quiet. Let me look here. Because um, they only scored 87 points as a team. So, uh, yeah, nobody on that team scored even 15 points. Jaron Jackson yeah. had a double-double, though, I think, right? Nope. He, he was well, close. He had 13 points on nine rebounds, but his 13 points wow. came on 14 shots. John Morant, 11 points on 17 shots. Uh, Desmond Bain had 10, but he was one for four from three. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody else. <laughs> your high score was 13 points from Jaron Jackson Jr. Like that's that's total lockdown, man. I mean, they totally you know what what really stuck out to me that game is how useless Stephen Adams is in terms of a modern NBA offense. And he does some good things on the glass. Don't get me wrong; he's still one of the best offensive rebounders in the game and all that. But like. What at the beginning of the game when the Wizards were playing defense on them, like they were basically whoever had the ball handler, um, whoever was guarding Adams was like helping off that, and then the the weak side help side would be covering like Adams if he were to roll at the rim. But um, like they were not even accounting for Adams at all. Every time down, it was four and five in the half court. You're just not going to win like that. And then, and then John Morant, if he's not going to hit jumpers. So now you got two guys on the floor that aren't a threat to shoot outside the paint at all. Um, it's, it, it makes it easier to defend because I can sag on Ja. And then, like you said, the man on, on Steven Adams, he ain't even looking at the rim. I can pull off him and spy Ja with that too. So now I can easily close out on the shooters that they do have on the floor. So it's just, yeah, it, Stephen Adams is the antithesis of the the type of five man that I do not want on the Wizards. Like for given the money he makes <clears throat> and what little value he has on the offensive end. Like, nah, man, I'm good. <laughs> I want to go back and look at that um, Adams Valanciunas trade because I'm trying to see like why the Grizzlies would have even done that to begin with. Um, I think they got a draft pick, and that draft pick I believe they used to get Zaire Williams. He had a good um, game. He was actually hitting a little bit. He had like three or four threes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was three or six from three. Um, he could play. He's talented, but it's going to take him a couple years. But I, I understand why Memphis makes that move because I don't think they view themselves as a title contender. They're just trying to throw as many darts <laughs> at the board and see what sticks and try to get, try to land an elite talent prospect because, you know, they don't get free agents. So. Oh, wait, wait, the, so the Pelicans sent Adams Bledsoe and two future first round picks to the Grizzlies for Valanchunas in the 17th pick. So yeah, so they got and one they were able to trade up. Pick. Yeah, they yeah. were able to use that higher pick because they got the tenth pick, right? They went right, from seventeen right. to ten, and then right. at ten they got Zaire. But I feel like they yeah. could have got Zaire at seventeen. So I don't know. Maybe they heard something. I don't know. Probably. Maybe they, they had some intel that Zaire was going to go higher than what was initially thought. So they had to make that move. Yeah, I mean, even if you feel like you can get him later, sometimes it's better to just, if you really like someone, to just do what you need to do to go ahead and get that deal done. It's not like Valanciunas is that much better than Adams, but again, when you think about fit in like a modern NBA offense, Valanciunas is clearly, he makes more sense on an NBA roster than Adams does. Adams is like a five-man that you'd want to have off your bench. He's not a starting five that, like, Steven Adams ideally is what Alex Len was for us last season. Like a limited role, only plays when really needed yeah, and you need some energy, you know. Yeah, he's a souped up he's pretty much a, a rich man's Robin Lopez. Like they're both stone foot, you know, they solid defenders, they're hard to move, good on the glass. Um, but there's zero threats to score the ball off off of a jump shot. Like Valanchunas, you gotta guard him. Like, if they had Valanchunas against us, we would have to play a whole different defense. You probably would have yeah. had Gafford in foul trouble. 
then you would have had to take him out, and then that would have opened the lane for Ja, and the dump offs and rim runs would have been crazy. Like, but yeah. I, I just like yeah. I said, I think Memphis they're just trying to like get assets. They're trying to get first round picks so they can hopefully draft a superstar, um, or maybe uh, cash him in for a superstar. You know, or, or um, that, yeah. Because they Cause, just gave I mean, away they, Grayson they, Allen too, right? Didn't they give away Grayson Allen for a first round pick? Um, I forget what they traded him for, but you're probably right. Yeah, it's just you know they're just kind of no, like, they, gonna... Grayson Allen was for a second. I thought I don't know. I don't know. Either way, um, they, they have some tradable pieces, right? Like they have Jaron Jackson. They have the draft picks. They have. I know Brandon Clark kind of sucks, but I mean you can still view Clark as an asset. Um, you have Zaire Williams. You know. Um, there are guys you can move if if you feel like you can get a bigger piece to to put next to Jaw long term. And, and again, this was without Dylan Brooks. And if Dylan Brooks plays that game, it's probably an entirely different ball game. Not saying the Grizzlies win that game, but um, let's be honest, he gives Beals he gives Beal fits. You know, he does. He does. He's the one player in the league that gives Beals fits. Um, and it's funny because I was <laughs> I was saying like Beal. Bill get, gets fits, you know, playing against Dylan Brooks, but he cooks Drew Holiday all the time. <laughs> and Drew Holiday yeah. is to me is a better overall defender by far. But you know, he struggles with Brooks, but cooks Drew Holiday. I think it's funny. Um, moving on to the Milwaukee game, and albeit they were um, beat up, but when you don't have three starters and one of your starters just coming off an injury, yeah, you're probably going to struggle a bit, but, but that's the game again, where you, you say, okay, the Wizards need to go ahead and win that game. And now I wish I had known that all those players were out before we made our predictions for this past week, because I probably would have changed my prediction from a loss to a win. Um, yeah, for sure. But you know, <laughs> that that is what it is. But I, again, it's, it's one of those things where Bucks fans and other fans can say, well, they didn't have love. So what? I, when fans say that type of thing to me, it's like, okay, so what you're saying is what we were supposed to win. So if we're supposed to win, how can you be mad at that then? So um, when you – all things considered, it was an impressive win, especially when down the stretch of the game, the, the Bucks had plenty of opportunities to get themselves back into it, and then they missed some easy, easy shots down the stretch from uh, – Connaughton, I think, had some misses. Uh, Allen had some misses, I think. Giannis had some missed bunnies, but I want to give Denny and Kuzma credit for that. I'm not going to take anything away from those guys, but uh, Denny adds another victim to what is now being called the the denitentiary. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's an interesting nickname there. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah denny's defense man it's, it, it must be applauded man i gotta tip my cap to dude man that dude gets after it on the defensive end um, you you want to know what i what i love the most about this is um when Wes Unseld said post game that if you play defense like that you're gonna find minutes because hopefully that rubs off on um guys like rui hachimura thomas bryant when they come back and not only just them but uh, the KCPs, the, the Corey Kisperts, the Kyle Kuzmas, you know, uh, all those other wings, Bertans. Uh, because if we can get everyone, and not everyone is going to be as good as uh, on defense as Denny is. I, that's obviously an unrealistic ask. But if we can continue to get better on that end and everyone is hungry on that end, we're going to be A-OK, especially when you consider right now we're top 10 in offense. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just refreshing, man. You got to coach that clearly sets the tone on the defensive end. He's not up there glorifying, you know, 30-point games or or, or uh, uh, triple-doubles, stuff that really don't matter in the scheme, grand scheme of winning. Like, he's talking about defending. And you could tell by his lineups. Like, I mean, we've talked about this plenty before, but sometimes, man, just if you want a better defense, you got to play your best defenders. And, you know, last year, Brooks... I think time and time again chose to play. He he chose to lean offense over defense as far as his lineups were concerned. And it's like you can't play bad defenders and then claim you want to play good defense. Like it's just 
it doesn't make any sense. And so, like, this year, you're seeing with West, like, if you're playing great defense, even if you're missing shots, you'll be on the floor with him. Um, Because he feels like defense can generate offense. And when you got a guy like Bradley Beal who can get a bucket at any any point in time, it's not as pressing for you to have to be a contributor on the offensive end. Um, So, you know, I'm just like, I love it, man. I love it. Like, play the guys that are going to lock in on that defensive side of the ball. And you're just going to see, you're going to see good results. Like the playoff teams are the teams that play defense. Every year, if you look at all the playoff teams, all of them are like top, minimum top 20 in defense. Unless you got Kevin Durant on your team. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm for it, man. That, that's playoff basketball. You, you need the defense. And another thing that sticks out to me is uh, – Obviously, our bench is a little bit more talented than some. We have some quality pieces, you know, Holiday, Neto, Bertans, and he gets back. Eventually, Rui and Thomas Bryant when you add them into the mix. Uh, but we already had some good pieces off the bench. But if you play defense, and the one thing I've noticed is when Beal goes out, the second unit, it's just cruise control, baby. Uh, all they do is extend leads, or at minimum, they, they keep it the same. Very rarely do, do they give up a lead. And that's kind of the one thing that stuck out to me. And I think it's because of the work they do on the defensive end. It makes things easier on offense. Yeah, I was just looking at some numbers. Like, efficiency-wise, the Wizards have a top-five bench this year. Um, so, and I think a lot of that has to do with Montrez Herald and Raul Neto. I mean, those two guys, like, you know, yep. Montrez Herald is playing at, like, an all-star level. So, I mean, how many, how many teams got an a all-star level player they can bring off their bench? Um, and then Neto, he's just crafty, man. Like he just, he gets after it defensively. He makes timely shots. He gets downhill to the rim. He makes his free throws. He just, he's just a winning basketball player. And you got him on a vet minimum contract, man. It's crazy. crazy. I still don't know how that was possible. We say it every time. I, I don't know how. Yeah. Um, moving forward, before we get to this next stretch of games and we talk about the, the three games before next Monday, Kind of a couple topics I wanted to get in here in terms of trades and roster movement. Everyone likes talking about that stuff, so we have some extra time, so figured why not. Uh, the, the first one I want to talk about, um, and everyone's been kind of talking about it recently because of Boston struggles, and then we see the the reports today from Sham Sharania talking about Boston making some moves. But uh, if... Number one, do you think it's possible for us to add Jason Tatum at some point in some capacity? And number two, is that something that you would entertain if this team continues to win? Uh, one, I don't think it's possible. Because um, I don't think we have uh, what well, Boston... It goes without saying it'd have to be a three- or four-team deal. Yeah, and I don't even – even with that, I don't think Boston wants – if they were trading Tatum, they damn sure ain't trading them in the in the East Conference. Um, they're not doing that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really see it. Um, but even if it was possible, um, just from a, you know, would I want to do that? Yeah, I think I would. Um, although, you know – What's so different between Tatum and Jalen Brown than Tatum and Bradley Beal from a fit standpoint? And you see they're kind of struggling to kind of share the ball. So it's like, I don't know. I I would want to do it because I just feel like in the NBA, talent always wins out. But I would definitely have some question marks as far as like fit around them and how do you build a a winning uh, core around those two ball dominant guys. Yeah, and currently right now, I mean, we complain about Dinwiddie not doing enough as it is and not being aggressive enough. I mean, if we get Jason Tatum added into that mix, how many shots does Dinwiddie shoot a game? Four or five? Wouldn't even matter at that point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it wouldn't even matter because you got two guys that's going to get 20 shots a game. Yep. I think... I don't think I would do that move just because I think it would cost a large amount to get him. And I know that it would be kind of a, you move all the chips in and 
but I, I think that there's different options out there that, that we can kind of get into now that are going to be way cheaper and not as hard to get. And I think can still be a good fit for your culture and what you're trying to do. Um, philosophy, uh, philosophically. Uh, and that would be Ben Simmons who, and, and I know uh, people are going to say, well, he can't shoot free throws in the playoffs guys. He shot 61% from the line last year. Uh, guess what Denny shoots from the free throw line. Um, the, the, the way I look at, at Ben Simmons is, is like this, right? Like you, you have a three-time all-star and he was a three-time all-star for a reason that is an all-star. It's not something that's easy to come by. I feel like, like if you have clout, it is, but I don't know. I, I feel like I don't know because I, I was listening. To, I was listening to Gilbert Arenas talk about this when he was he was going down to the top seventy five, and I just feel like all stars do they hold much weight now? Because it's like it's a, it's a it's a fan award, and then if you're on a good team, and we're seeing the seventy sixers are clearly a good team because they're sitting with the number one record in the East without Ben Simmons all year. So just being on a good team, if you're a top three player on a on a good team you're going to get an all-star nod that doesn't necessarily mean individually you are a top 15 or top 20 player you know so i look at it i look at all nba like ben simmons is what a one-time all nba player third team all nba i i'm not sure but even then that's still the same thing as brad isn't it and I think I think one of the years he made it was the year the first year Brad averaged thirty, and I felt like Brad should have made it over him. Um, and then he hasn't. I don't think he's made any other ones. Um, but I think he got it because he was in the defensive player of the year convo, and then the, the Sixers were a great team. So I just don't I I don't view him. I guess my bar for Ben Simmons is more of like a complimentary piece. I don't see him as a guy you trade, you know, a third of your roster depth for and think that's going to kind of get you over the top. Like he's not that type of player to me. So what Um, do you think it would? So I'm just because a a three-time all-star who's all defense caliber and is still, what, 25, 26 years old, that's not laying around for cheap just anywhere. Like, this doesn't happen. This is an extremely rare situation. And I I know why teams haven't bit yet, because they want to see that value. um, They want to see it keep tanking. But when you get closer to the trade deadline, that value is going to start to go back up, because now if teams are interested, you're going to start having bidders. And to be honest, it's not like the Sixers need to be in a rush to move him right now anyway because they're winning. They don't need to move him for the for the depth to help their roster out. They they're sitting pretty at 8 and 2, I think. You know, they they don't need to to move him right now. So I think that right now while his value is still kind of shot in a sense, I think it's worth mo- seeing what you can get for it. And let me put it like this. So say you had to get rid of um Rui, Denny, and uh, for shits and giggles, let's just – it would have to be one of Kuzma and Bertans. Uh, let, let's just say Kuzma because Kuzma holds more value. So right now, two of those guys aren't even playing. So you're basically just replacing Denny with Ben Simmons, I feel like, or Kyle Kuzma with Ben Simmons, and then – on the bench, you're just replacing Denny in this case with Bertans, who is not the same defender that Denny is. But and then you factor Kispert into all that as well. I, I feel like you you wouldn't give up that much, and I think it would be worth considering if if you're Tommy again. This this does, it's not like every season you you get these types of players laying around for nothing. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I I feel you from that standpoint like you know from a opportunity standpoint it's like how many times is a, a all NBA player available at a at a low cost or even available period. Um 
especially for a Wizards franchise that hasn't really ever grabbed a top free agent. Um, but I think that's where I kind of I kind of break from it because I don't put Ben Simmons in that category of player. Like I see, like would you trade Rui Denny um, picks? Would you trade all of that for Draymond Green? Uh, um, no, but Draymond Green is not six ten uh, and doesn't have near the the skill set that Ben Simmons has. I feel like you, but I, I just feel like their roles, like what I what I would expect from them, is similar to me. Like obviously, Ben Simmons is is a better player, um, because of his youth and his athleticism, but. As far as how they would be guarded on the court in the playoffs, it's the same. Um, as far as what you would expect them to do on the defensive end, it's the same. How they move the ball offensively, they're able to get eight to ten assists to shooters. Uh, Three-point assist percentages are really high with both of those guys. It's the same. It's just Ben Simmons is a is a taller, bigger, younger version. Um like their, their their free throws, shit. I think Draymond is a better free throw shooter. Um, so I, 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 if I'm not trading all of that for Draymond, I don't know that I'm doing it for Ben Simmons. Like he, to me, he's a complimentary piece. I don't see him as a guy you you build your 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 franchise around, where you're willing to give up a third of your team. Because what would Ben Simmons bring that we don't? already have like we're a top 10 defensive team that i think is going to actually get better when you add a Rui hachimura back another six for eight versatile wing that plays good one-on-one defense you got denny who's shown to be a top tier defender you got kcp who's a great defender like what is it that ben simmons is adding to your team that you don't have well, number one, he's a better defender than, than Denny and Rui and, and all those guys combined. So that's one. Is number he? two, I think so. Uh, yeah, uh, all defenses, all that really needs to, to tell me. Um, so whenever you would you say get... just, just defensively, it, like in a game plan, like, all right, like let's just say the game plan is to stop Giannis or Kevin yeah. Durant. Yeah, yeah. You would rather have one Ben Simmons over KCP, Denny, and Rui. But the thing is, all those guys aren't even going to find time anyway. And even if they do, they're going to get what? Like eight, nine minutes a piece? And I'm talking about it at the at the four spot when you consider Kuzma, Denny, Rui, whoever. Like KCP, I'm not, I'm not giving up. KCP is a piece that I think you still keep in this scenario. But... I know what you're saying, but I think, again, because, number one, some of these guys aren't even playing right now anyway. And number two, once Rui comes back, someone's going to have to be riding the pine, man. And you're not going to be able to play everyone 20, 25 minutes and get the most out of everyone. So if you're not going to be able to get the most out of everyone, why not try and move for a guy who you can put at the four and maybe try and unlock him a bit. I'm not saying he's Giannis, but maybe try and use him as a poor man's Giannis. See, see what he can do, because I'm watching his highlights. He is not a bad basketball player. He is a, he is a very oh. skilled, highly intelligent ball player. I feel like, I guess we we're disagreeing. I feel like Ben Simmons is, is a much better... I can be sold on Ben Simmons a lot better if he was a free agent acquisition. Like there are only a few players to me in the league that I'm willing to trade a fourth of my roster or a third of my roster for. Ben Simmons is not one of those players. But if I can get Ben Simmons as a free agent and add him to what I have, oh, sign me up. I'll pay him whatever. Sign me up. But he's not a player I'm trading a bunch of assets for. Because he is limited. Like, he's limited. Um, Even without the draft picks, you still wouldn't? Because like, I feel like they could get him if they wanted to without throwing in any draft picks. Damn, the draft picks. I'm talking about the players. I don't care about the draft picks as much if we're talking about a winning team because a draft pick 
I mean, the 20th pick or the 25th pick in the draft, like that don't really have that type of value if you're if you're competing for titles. I'm talking about the players. Like so when I just talk when I'm talking like I want to have as many six foot six to six foot ten wings that can guard as possible. And you're talking about trading three of them for one. I'm not sure I'm doing that. You see what I'm saying? Like, 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 would would the Raptors? Because remember, the Raptors were in were were supposedly interested on Ben Simmons, right? Masai Ujiri is one of the best GMs in the league. They wanted uh, Scotty Barnes and OG, I believe. He ain't doing that. You're not trading two elite defending wings, or possibly elite defending wings for one who you probably can't play in fourth quarters. Like, so I, I'm just, I, like I said, I, I view him as a complimentary piece. Like, he's the piece that gets you over the top if you can acquire him as a free agent. But he's not like an Anthony Davis where I trade three to four guys to bring him in and he can cover he can cover that that loss in depth. He's not that he's not that good to me. Sure. But that's just me. I you know, that's just me. And I think you're seeing that because Philly, they're still eight and two without him. <laughs> like right. they haven't well, missed a beat. Well, well Tyrese Maxey is one hell of a ball player. So um that's what I'm saying. Like they don't they're still a top defensive team. Without Ben Simmons, you know, like yeah. they're and offensively, they definitely not missing them. So, you know, I, I don't know. I think I think Ben Simmons value is more valuable for like a team like the Kings who have struggled to play defense for decades. <laughs> uh, sure. Or, or say the or say the Hornets who are 30th in defense right now, if they could put a deal together say like a Gordon Hayward and some 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 picks and whatever and they could get them. I think that works for them more so than it would for us where we are right now. I I you know. Um but that's just me. I, I you know. Now if we could get them for like Bertans and like, you know, three first round picks and some swaps. Oh, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up all day. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not giving up three switchable wings for one. I'm just not, nah, I'm not doing it. Sure. No, I understand that side of the argument completely. And it's like for a team that hasn't had this type of depth since ever, uh, I don't know that it it makes a lot of sense to, to trade all those guys right now for a guy who, number one, is claiming mental health, which, number one, I think is bullshit. I think he's just lying so he doesn't have to play. Or it doesn't. You don't want to face the yeah, fans, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the reason. If he's got something seriously going on with him, then whatever. But I think it's all show. Uh, but I'm I'm just trying to like like bargain wise is my argument because again like I just don't know when this opportunity is going to present itself again and what I ever bank on Rui or Denny ever being all stars, you know, probably not. So th- that was the only reason I, I say maybe it's yeah, worth. But what if they could him. be not all stars? But what if they could be OG Ananobi, right? Like, would you trade two OG Ananobis for Ben Simmons? But I don't even know that Rui like like Rui to me. Rui is number one. Denny's never going to be on OG's level. I don't think because I don't think Denny's just going to be able to. Uh, ever shoot the ball. Although I would say that Denny, I, because they're so different, man. Like, like OG is more like Rui, but like OG's game is more outside where like Rui is kind of a a mid range can beat you off the bounce kind of guy, but he's not even close to the defender. I don't think that OG is. Yeah. So like OG, I, I had to go back and look because, like, OG first couple years, like, he was like a five and seven point per game player. Like, he wasn't – the OG you see now is not the OG that was, 
you know, his first couple years in the league. Um, and I just think, you know, I just feel like the the volume of wings in this era matters more than just having like one guy. Um, you know, unless it's like a Giannis Antetokounmpo or it's an Anthony Davis. Those guys to me like totally change the fabric of your team because the gravity of what they do on both sides of the ball. But I don't put Ben Simmons in that class, so it's like you're trading, you're trading three really good guys for one. You're trading three good guys for one really good guy who's kind of limited, and it just kind of like I don't know. That's why I don't think a lot of teams are really trying to give the farm for him. Like they're trying to give like one player in a bunch of picks, but they're sure. not trying to give Philly three, four players plus two draft picks. Like, nobody's doing that because I think they know what Ben Simmons is. Sure. Um, yeah, I definitely understand. Just wanted to to have that conversation because I still think it's interesting. And who knows, like, if down the line, um, once all these guys get back and, and if we're seeing that not all these guys can play and whatnot and someone's minutes getting – or getting cut, you know, maybe it doesn't hurt to, to maybe add them in a deal in that scenario, whether it be Denny or Rui or whoever. Uh, speaking of Rui, let's get more into to Rui and Thomas Bryant right now. And um, Rui is obviously the, the larger concern in terms of rotation and where you try and find minutes for him once he gets back. Uh, I don't not, first things first, when people start talking about KCP moving to the bench, that's not happening. You don't, you don't touch a starting five at all when you're seven and three, unless someone is completely a liability. And as far as I'm concerned, no five of those dudes are liabilities. So I'm not touching it. I'm just not. And Wes probably isn't going to touch it, and he shouldn't. So when you add Rui back into all that, you're basically saying, okay, we need to try and find one of Denny, Kispert, um, Holiday, or Bertans that, that you're going to sit. Now, you could make this easy and just say you're going to sit Kispert and Holiday, and you're only going to play one of the point guards, and you go ahead and fit Rui in, and then maybe this isn't a problem. Mm-hmm. But... Exactly what you would do. <laughs> I... I I don't, I don't know if it's like th- this easy thing. And they're going to ease him back. It's not like Rui's going to come back his first game and going to get 20 to 25 minutes. That's not happening. But I still no. just, just, just long term, I, I don't know whose minutes. Because Denny has now proven in several games that he can guard those elite wings. And to me, that automatically earns a spot in the rotation, even if your offense is dog shit. Which I don't think that it is, and you can argue that it is right now because he can't make a three, and then on top of that, he can't make layups, which is a problem. But I think that's more of a mental thing that I think he'll come around to. I don't think he gets enough attempts, to be honest, to um, sort of get into a rhythm that way. And some of that is self-inflicted. Some of it is not. But either way, I'm just not so sure that uh, – the. Uh, a role for him is is clearly outlined, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on that and how you kind of see him eventually getting acclimated and what you see his role evolving into as the season goes on. Yeah, I think I'm on the total opposite side of this uh, is regarding Rui because I think Thomas Bryant's role is going to be much harder to define than, than Rui's. Well, I just think he's not going to play. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's going he's gonna to play, but I think it's going to be kind of like break glass in case of emergency situations where, you know, the inevitable gaffer gets in foul trouble, you know, or uh, uh, Trez gets in foul trouble. You know, you get Brian in there to get you a solid 10 energy minutes. Um, but no. I think Rui is going to play, play plenty, man. Like, I'm looking right now, Kispert is playing almost 11 minutes a game. Aaron Holiday is playing 16 minutes a game. Davis Bertans is playing 17 minutes per game. Um, yeah. Like, and that's and that's on a 
roster right now where we're playing like we're playing like eleven guys. So you're telling me you couldn't Bertans minutes couldn't be cut in half, holiday minutes couldn't be cut in half. Kiss would probably stay about ten because you 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 want some of that shooting. Sure, um, right. And I don't think Montrez is going to be a 30-minute-per-game player when we get into the thick of this season. And then you got KCP playing 30 minutes. I don't see him as a 30-minute-per-game player when you get into the thick of the season. Like, the way I envision it, the starting five is going to stay the starting five um, because I just like the flow. I like the spacing. I do, too. Um, yep. Even though that's not their best five-man unit right now. Um but I like I like that starting five. Uh, and then I think what you're going to see going forward uh, is when Rui comes back, you're going to see Rui as that as that backup four, Denny at the three. And then you're going to probably see more KCP with the second unit at the two with Neto and then obviously, obviously Trez. And so the, the two. The two that are kind of going to play less minutes are going to be Aaron Holiday and Bertans, to me. Like, I don't think it affects Denny. I don't think it affects Kyle Kuzma, like, really much at all. I don't think it has to. Um, sure. And then you, you're looking at – and then you're going to have instances where you can go just all big wings out there. Like, you could go Kuzma yeah. at the five with the way he's rebounding. You go Kuzma at the five, Rui at the four, uh, Denny at the at the three, with Beal and, and Dinwiddie, like just just like a death lineup, and just run guys out the gym. Like I think it gives them more versatility. Um, and, it does. It and, does. Sure. Yeah. So like I'm 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 excited about it. Actually, I don't I don't think it's gonna be much of a strain at all to get to get minutes for Rui. Like um, I think they need him, especially. That game against um, was it the Raptors? We just seemed like we just couldn't buy a basket, man. Like, um, yeah, yeah, man. You 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 need another guy that can go get you about fifteen and six, um, and play a little bit of defense. Like I I, I yeah, especially those nights when you know Kuzma go one for nine. He gonna have those nights. Like, you need another guy. You need another right. guy, man. And and I said myself, um, with given as much as Dinwiddie doesn't want to be that enforcer, Rui probably becomes your second scoring option, you know. And, and that doesn't mean that he has to start again. I'm not touching the starting five, but I I think that Rui becomes like your your second option after Beal because Rui has a an aggressiveness to his game in terms of his scoring ability, especially in the mid range, he can beat you off the bounce. He can, he can beat you in transition and you can post up, you know, Rui has a nice face up game. He can do a lot of things that I don't think anyone else on this roster can do. Consistently. Yeah. I mean, and we saw how like the rule change now is kind of favoring those strong physical players that got a mid range game. Your Jimmy Butlers, your DeMar DeRozans, uh, even Kevin Durant, um, even though he cooks in any era. But those guys that can kind of get to that mid-range game, they're not they're super dependent on making threes. It's benefiting them because now I can get I can get into the knife of the defense and just pull up, man. And and because because now guys can touch you, it's a little bit harder to pull off them threes. And so and then get to the free throw line 10 times a game. So I just think, man, we've not seen Rui yet with a team full of shooting around him. And I think now you got Dinwiddie hitting threes. You got Bill starting to hit his threes again and, and getting back to his midi game. You got uh, KCP hitting threes, Kuzma hitting threes. You add Rui to that who who can just really hurt you in that high post uh, low post area, man. I, I think it's. I think I, I can't wait till he get back, man. I really want to see what West does and, and some of the versatility we have. We're better throw at teams, man. Because Kuzma at the five at six ten, with his ability to stretch the floor, put it on the floor, 
with Rui and Denny, man, that that's gonna be you gonna have to guard them, man. You gonna have to guard yeah. them. That's a quick lineup. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I want, and I meant to bring this up with the Ben Simmons talk. Uh, the the one reason I like all this depth now, and again, I think this is a good problem to have. And the way you worded it in terms of Rui getting minutes, it makes a lot of sense. I just the only reason I said I was hesitating is because all of these guys are playing good basketball right now, and I would just hate for something to get messed up you know you tweak one little thing and it's a domino effect from there and guys are not in rhythm anymore and that sort of thing um that may not be the case you know you know you plug Rui in and all and all could be well I'm not saying that it couldn't be that way I'm just I'm trying to look at it from a realistic perspective to where you don't want to throw guys off but but what you said um it makes a lot of sense but the one thing I like is you plan for injuries, right? Uh, like right now, Bertans is out. Um, Rui is out. Not injury related, but if guys have to miss time, you have multiple guys that you can throw out there now, and essentially, ideally, in theory, not miss a beat. Their personnel will be a little bit different, uh, but I I like that now they can plan for this sort of thing, and now you can't use the injury excuse come playoff time if we're still lucky enough to to qualify for that. For, for the postseason at that point, you know? Um, so it's good adding another piece back. I'm I'm definitely excited for Rui to be back. I'm excited for Brian to be back too. Who knows? Maybe they have um, some sort of role outlined for him too, and we can kind of get into him now. Uh, but, I mean, I guess you can keep him and you can plan for injury, but, I mean, he's on an expiring contract. You already committed to Daniel Gafford. If you want to keep Trez, you're going to have to pay him. I think it goes without saying at this point that Bryant's just not going to be back next year. So in my mind, like I'm already trying to to find a home for him. I'm looking at OKC with all the draft capital they have. Maybe they give you a second and a protected first or something like that. But I'm already kind of moved on from Thomas Bryant. And it's not like I think that Thomas Bryant is a bad player. I don't think he's a bad player. It's just, it's one of those things where we already have enough guys in our position, what we're doing right now. And, and look, if he had another year on his contract, who knows? Maybe you just keep him around. But he doesn't. He's expiring. And I would rather get something for him than nothing. Yeah, I could see the Hornets being an option, too. Like, um, yeah, it's a, it's a couple teams that need big men. Um, yeah. Like starting level big men that don't have them. Um, so yeah, for sure, man. Like it, it'll be offers out there. I think you got to get at least 10 to 15 games of him on the floor to see like, so other teams can see what he looks like coming off of that injury. And then, you know, when is the trade deadline? It's February, right? Um, go ahead and keep talking and I'll try and find it real quick. Yeah. So, I mean, I figure if he's coming back in like end of December, mid January, um, you know, by the trade deadline, you'll know how he looks off of that ACL. Um, and then you, you know, you feel offers accordingly, or you just keep him, man. Like, like, is that, yeah, if you feel like he's a guy that's going to help you come playoff time as far as just having just ridiculous depth, is that second round pick you're going to get for him worth more to you? You know, like, I, I don't know. Now, if somebody giving you a first, you take that. But, you know, somebody offering like two seconds, like, and you're trying to win, you know, that depth you feel like can help you in the playoff run, you keep him. And just, he just expire. And if you can't get him back, you can't get him back. But, you know, that value, you know, his, 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 him being there, his presence helps your depth on a playoff push. I would rather just keep him at that point. Um, I guess, like, his, so. Even if it's like for two second round picks, like, like you can flip those two second round picks again and, and bring in a depth piece. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's, my, that's my only thing with that. It's not like I'd want to necessarily use the second round picks. Second round picks are not going to be helping us. First round picks right now, I don't even think you're going to be helping us going forward because there's no, quite frankly, there's no room to play anyone. Uh, no, we're already no. having this problem right now. And the, and the timeline on it, you know, you're going to take four four years for them to become useful. Like, it's you don't have that kind of time, really. So um, so do we have our first-round pick for, for this year? We have it, right? Yes. 
I wonder Definitely if they tried trading it. I can see that. But it's but like, it's like that's kind of where, that's kind of where I'm at. Like if we're if we're talking about a cash the chips in move, that's where I'm at with it. And I'm trying to get a guy that's like a legitimate like top twenty player. Um, like I've already stated who <laughs> who I would prefer, but you know. Uh, well, is there? Um... I forget what the name of the rule is. Are we allowed to trade it since we already traded our 23 pick, or can we still do that because it's a protected pick? I don't know the rules with that, but I, th- I thought there was a rule that you can't trade your first-round pick um, two consecutive years. I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Sure, uh, up in the air. So, yeah, that might be interesting to look up to see where the status on that is. But then it's like he's already moved on to another team. So, like, how does that does that affect the trade at all? Or like, because I thought it was like some stipulations with that, where like if he plays a certain number of games or if he makes an All Star team, then we convey it as a first round pick. Or like if he if we miss the playoffs, then it goes to like a second round pick or it goes to the next year or something. So I don't know. I, I got to I gotta look at that because it's a lot of fine print with that trade. I think for this first year it was – I think it's uh, top eight protected, if I remember that correctly. So, I mean, odds are, given where we are right now, it'll probably be going to Houston. I thought it was – Again, I could be wrong. I thought it was top I thought it was, though, and then I thought um, it was lottery protected. I had to look, man. I had to look. Um and then like I said, I thought it was contingent upon like whether the Wizards made or missed the playoffs and I don't know. And then it's like what years was were those stipulations in play? Um and then does him being traded again factor into that? Like I don't know. Right. I had to I'm had to look, so but um, also, I don't know if I gave this to you or not. Uh, trade deadline is February 10th, according to what I'm looking at here. Okay, yeah. So yeah, Brian has some time on the court. He have about a month on the court for for teams to 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 know what he can do. I wonder if like Wes will like go to Trez and be like, "Hey, look, you've been playing some really good basketball, but we're trying to get some value out of this guy. So we need to put him on the court. Like, I wonder if that'll be a conversation that gets had eventually. I was not rocking with that. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing, right? Like he's not. So it's like, what do you do? You're going to bench Gafford a little bit more. Like, I don't like, again, you're not going to play Trez that much minutes, but again, that's to f- help find minutes for Rui. So it's like, where do you even play Brian at that point? Uh, yeah, you really don't have room for three centers. You just really don't. You don't. Especially when you got a guy like Kuzma at 6'10 that can play play small ball five. Right. So it's like, where are you, you know, but then, yeah, that's why so I say I, I feel like it's harder to, to bring Bryant in than it is Rui. No, it it, it is. It, it definitely is. But I guess I wasn't even considering Bryant because I'm like, well, I'm just not playing him. Because, I mean, like you, well, like that's simple to me. Like, you can't because there's simply no more minutes left over for him. Like, if he were to come back today while Bertans is still out and Rui's still out, yeah, you know, you could probably find you a solid uh, 10, 15 minutes. But right now it's, you know, you or when everyone comes back eventually, you know, December 28th. No, I mean, I, I don't see where I have minutes for you, man. I really don't. Um, let's get into this week's games. Okay. Standings update. Uh, you're four and six. I am sitting at 500 at five and five. Uh, finals pick update. Lakers Bucks. Um, wow. Um, Bucks not looking so hot, but they're without some guys. Lakers not looking so hot. They're without some guys. I got the Bucks on my side as well. And then also the Warriors who are the best team in the NBA by record, but also haven't played anyone decent. Um, so still up in the air with that, but how do we feel about the 
the Bucks at this point. I feel like there's always that sort of um I don't want to know if it's you call it relaxed, but th- it's like there it's not a lot of sense of urgency. But again, th- they're without three starters right now. Well, like that means a lot when you're talking about a team that just won a championship uh with that starting five. So um what do you think about the Bucks right now? They just got to get healthy. Um, you know, they haven't had all the guys. So um, once they get all the guys, and I'd imagine that's going to happen sooner rather than later. I think they're going to be right back to title contending team that they were last year. But, I mean, you can't – I don't expect them to be the same well-oiled machine when they're – they got Drew Holiday missed most time, and then he come back and he on a minutes restriction – and, you know, no Middleton, who's their second best player. Um, and then was it DiVincenzo? He was out, too. Like, yep, and Brooke Lopez. And Brooke Lopez. So you're basically talking about four of your five starters are not playing. Like, that's just, you know, yeah. Giannis, Giannis is elite, but he ain't Michael Jordan. <laughs> like, so, yeah, um, yeah man, um, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Like, I'm... I'm expecting them to to climb back up in the standings once they get healthy. Um, them and the Nets, and the Nets already kind of started the ascension. Um, and I expect them to be the, you know, top two teams in the East when it's all said and done. By um, record, you mean? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So you think so? I mean, it's still early in the season right now, but. Um, I guess it's going to get to a point where if they keep meddling around 500 ball and guys are banged up, I mean, it's it's it gets to a point where you're not going to be able to get that much higher. And once you get to that point in like March, you've seen teams go on runs, though, where they win like 20 of, of 25. Oh, like, you mean the Wizards? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> they could easily, that's what I said, they could easily get healthy and do that. Like. Um, you know, where they go and they win ten in a row and then then they win twelve of the next fifteen. Like I, I could easily see the Bucks doing that. For sure. Sure. Um I'm not worried about it, but I would be interested in how this all plays out. If they keep getting banged up and they end up getting a, a four or five seed, for example, I think that would be uh the, interesting oh. to map that out and seeing where the, the wizards play into that. I mean, even the three seed I think that would still uh that would still be pretty interesting with all that. I, I wouldn't want that. I mean, if the, we got the, we drew the, a fully healthy Bucks first round, I definitely wouldn't want that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to waste words on the Lakers because, quite frankly, they're not worth it. But the the Warriors, um, you know, obviously they haven't played anyone really yet, but they're doing all this without Clay Thompson and James Wiseman. You know. I, th- I think that they're the, the team in the West to be reckoned with right now, especially when you consider you have one of the greatest players of all time in Steph Curry. And I don't know if you want to say that. I'm saying it. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm just saying he's one of the best. And he's certainly, I think, the most entertaining player in the NBA right now. Yeah, he's hooping, but I don't even think he's – he hasn't even, to me, he hasn't even played as good as he was playing last year. I think why they're seven. To. Yeah, I think they're seven and one because they have much better depth now. Um, you know, you're bringing Otto Porter off the bench. Jordan Poole, Poole is taking, Jordan, Jordan Poole is taking the leap. Uh, Damian Lee is taking the leap. Like, they got some depth now. They're not bringing a G League team off the bench. So, yeah, like, that's why they're seven and one. Like, you know, Draymond back to being his usual show. Um, yeah, and guys playing their role. Like, they got the number one defense in the league. Like, who the hell predicted that? <laughs> like, I thought I thought they needed Wiseman to kind of be their anchor. Like, for real, they don't even need Wiseman. They really don't. Curry, Curry is only shooting 37% from three this year, but He's averaging a career high. He's never shot lower than forty percent his whole career, which is that's crazy. Let me let me look. Um, well, yeah, outside of that year where he only played five games, um, 
He's averaging oh, twenty five, six, and six right now. He's averaging what? Uh, twenty five, six, and six. But his assist to turnover ratio is essentially two to one, which I guess is kind of consistent with what we've seen um, through his career. Yeah, <laughs> he gets loose with the ball, man. He, he loose with the ball. But... Which, if you had a handle like that, I'd understand. Sometimes you're gonna lose the ball. Yeah, he get, but he yeah, he gets real loose with the ball. I wonder how, I wonder how we would feel about him if he was here, like doing some of that stuff. Like, would we be on his ass the way we be on Bill ass? Because he definitely be turning the ball over. So I don't know. Probably, I, I think that we're a pretty fair fan base, and we expect a lot out of the the star players. Even if you have shit rosters, that's just kind of always the way that we've been. We we expect a lot out of the guys that are um, the, the the star players and whatnot. I think we're pretty fair. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. Um, this week's slate of games. Three away games. Not fun. Um, and against some opponents that could sneak up on us. First one, Wednesday night. At Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland is, I think, six and four right now, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they had... Who did they beat last night? They beat. They beat the Knicks. Ricky yes. Rubio dropped thirty-seven and ten on them. Yes. Um, Ricky Rubio. Man. That's not happening against us. Uh, all right. What do you got for that Cleveland game? Oof, man, man. Uh, Evan Mobley's a problem, man. And Jared Allen. Yeah. He He's basically Gaffer without the foul trouble. So, Jared uh, Allen is like that player that, like, to your eyes, does nothing, and then you look at the box score at halftime, and he has fifteen and twelve, and you're like, "How did we get here?" Yeah, uh, yeah, that's tough, man. It's going to depend on how well we corral their guards. Like, you can't have. Is Colin Sexton playing? Um, let me see their box score from last night. Hold on. Bear with me, guys. Sorry. Uh, No, I don't want Monday. I want Sunday. Cleveland box score. Um, he played, he, 12 minutes. I don't know if he got injured or what. Yeah, that's weird. I wonder if they still trying to trade him. Um, probably. Are they still playing Lori Marketing at small forward? Yeah, but he's injured right now. Oh, so he hurt too. So who the hell? Is um, that? yeah. Let me. Who was they playing out there versus the Knicks? I see here. Dean Wade. Dean Wade. Chetty Osman. Garland. Garland Sexton. Sexton God, this bench is ass. Yeah, Ricky Rubio going off for 31. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put that as a dub, man. Yeah, I am too. This bench is fucking terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah. like uh, Rubio playing out of his mind was why they won that game. And, like, yeah, I'm going to go dub on this one. <laughs> um, Orlando, I'm going to go with a win. Yes. And then Charlotte. This is a tough one. Dub. You're going with a dub on that, huh? We about to win four straight. No, that would be five straight. It would be four. Uh, it would be four. We just mm-hmm. won two, right? So then, if we beat, oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it'd be five straight. That's bold. Yeah, I'm going five <clears> straight. <throat> okay. Um. Will Lamelo? Lamelo's not shitting on Dinwiddie. Um, and you sure? I mean, Neto could give him some problems. Well, we shut down Miles Bridges. You would think so, right? I don't know how. Yeah, our I game still, I still don't him. know how. I still don't know how real his scoring is yet. Like, but the the little bit I watched of him, I was impressed. Like his touch around the rim has been way better. Like, and he's you know just what? confident. He letting it fly. We already talked about this. They have no interior. Uh, we're dogs in the paint. 
I'll go ahead and give us a win for that one. So, yeah, if we – that would have the Wizards at 10-3, and three, which at that point, I mean, would probably be tied for first place, if not first place. Looking at the next stretch of 16 games, the Wizards it got a chance. not good. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's probably the easiest stretch of their whole season. So yeah. uh, these next 16 games, I think if you can come out maybe like 12 and 4, 11 and 5, I think you put yourself in a real good position outlook-wise on your season. This was this stretch that we've seen was good because they've beaten some quality teams, but now can you can you keep it up against the lesser teams? Because we've seen the Wizards do this before. That this yes. is not unheard of for us, where they yeah, they can keep it competitive and, and beat some of the good teams, but can you not let off the gas pedal? Can you cruise through these bad teams? And and again, any given night in the NBA Ultimately, they're they're in this stretch here. They're going to lose two or three of those games that are going to piss us off. Uh, that's inevitable. That's going to happen. But again, do not make it a habit. So, yeah. as I say, if they can go like over this next stretch of sixteen, if they can go like eleven to five, twelve and four, I think that puts them in a real good spot, man. Real good spot. Um. Because then at Real that quick. point, I would book them as a top six seed. Sure. I think you have to. Well, let's actually, I mean, uh, we could do this another episode, but you know, we're already here. I wonder what the toughest stretch of their season is. Um, <clears throat> and we'll get into this more when we get into other episodes. Um, let me see. So it doesn't really get tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, even because the stretch of games you were looking at going into December. Yeah, well, it kind of kicks up into gear here around um, mid-December. It kind of starts kicking into gear because you'll have Denver, um, Sacramento's playing average basketball, Phoenix, Utah, Brooklyn, New York, Philly, Miami, Cleveland, Chicago, Charlotte. You know, um, it, it starts getting into gear there. Yeah. And around that time, just play 500 ball. That's all you got to do. Because at I that wonder. point, you already built up a lead enough on, on you know, if you're stacking wins like you're supposed to this next stretch. Yeah. Oh, the end of the season could get kind of tricky with them. Oh, wow. The end of the season schedule was tough. Yeah, that that's why tough. I said this, this stretch they got coming is like the easiest stretch of their whole season. Um. So, we'll got to take, take advantage. Got to take advantage. If you come out of this stretch playing 500 ball, you're going to be fighting for a playing spot. You're not. You're no longer going to be in top six seed contention. You you got to convincingly come away with a decent chunk of wins here in these next what 16 game stretch. You said. So yeah, I think you're getting like the Spurs. You get the you're getting the Magic. I think you even play the Pistons. Like you're getting the. You're getting the guys that's at the bottom of the conference. Um, you need to you need to stack up some wins here. Yep, absolutely. Well, I think that'll go ahead and do it for us here today. Thank you guys for listening this long. If you managed to make it this far, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Uh, rate us five stars leave us any comments uh, you feel free to dm me with any concerns or, or questions that you have anything you like don't like but thank you once again for tuning in and we will see you next time